So what are you so afraid? Remember when we used to ask that question just kind of flippantly? Well, now it has a different edge to it. We're afraid of a lot of stuff. There's a lot of fear in the air. And it's something we're tackling here on A Home That Heals because we know that fear can really take away the healing and the happiness, the joy that's in our home. So stick with us. We're going to still tackle fear right here on A Home That Heals. Well, hello, I'm Bree, along with my mom, Dee, and thank you for joining us here on A Home That Heals. Oh, we're so glad you're here. And if you were with us last time, you know, we started launching into this whole idea of fear. And I just want to share with you, my friends listening from my heart, that that first podcast on fear was really our working through it ourselves through scripture and getting our focus right, because that's really the key in dealing with fear is where is your focus? Is your focus on your fear or is your focus on Jesus? And that's a question that I think we're probably asking ourselves more and more often because of COVID and because of all of the ramifications of that. And then all the things that are going on in our world right now, it is a fearful place. Let's just face it. It is. And that's not fun to talk about, but I started dealing with fear a long time ago. And you remember, I don't, I think you remember when it started with me, don't you? You were a little girl. I, I don't remember the specific instance, but I do remember this fear and I do remember it was pretty gripping for you. I, and I did not understand it because it was the fear of flying and I thought airplanes were awesome. I loved going on vacation and I loved flying. And I used to, too. You know, my graduation present from high school was flying lessons. I can't believe that. And when you were only, I think maybe only maybe a year and a half old, I got to fly with the Blue Angels. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, and it was, it was one of the most life-changing moments of my life because it just became a metaphor for doing things that are outside your comfort zone. And, you know, I so I loved it. But a big thing happened in my life and it was a plane crash with a dear reporter, Mary Shore and a dear editor of mine, Dan Sullivan. And this is when I worked at KTVB. They were flying back from a story in Sun Valley. Their plane crashed into the side of the mountain and overnight our newsroom was rocked. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how much it was rocking me personally until I started to fly again. I was doing a lot of backcountry flying back then, covering a lot of stories back in the backcountry. And so hopping on a little plane, much like what Mary and Dan had perished in. Well, that was where, you know, that was blatant. But then we were going on a vacation and it hit me again. And it was a paralyzing fear. I mean, I really could barely get on the plane. And your poor dad, I mean, he had to hold me down. Anyway, I'm not going to go into more detail on that because <laughs> I could talk about it forever. But it was, you know, it, it became a real thing for me, even though it was really kind of irrational. I mean, it was based on a personal experience, but it it took over my life and it affected so much of my life because it let fear in. Mm -hmm. And I started letting fear control other areas of my life too. But anyway, just to let you know, everybody had their advice on how to conquer fear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, D, look at the statistics. Yes. You know, so I did. I looked up the statistics. And you know what? There, it's amazing. Out of like 100,000 hours of flights or 100,000 flights, something like that, it's like 0 0.01 fatalities, <laughs> you know. So that, okay. The statistic was reassuring. And then they said, okay, well, look at, uh, you know, maybe you need to take drugs. <laughs> and I tried that. But you've heard And let me tell you, <laughs> although I am glad you don't take them anymore, we have some good stories oh, from you when you <laughs> took them. 
well, the when I quit taking them was I had a business trip and I went on this business trip. I took my drugs to get there. Mm -hmm. I got in on a late flight, went straight to bed. But because of that, you know, calming drug, I slept right through the business meeting that I had flown across the country to attend. <laughs> I had people banging on my door, afraid that I wasn't alive inside the hotel room. You know, it was it was very embarrassing. You were just peacefully sleeping. I was. I was peacefully sleeping. But really, what really helped me eventually, and I think all those things played a little role. But um, boy, howdy, I started carrying my Bible. And I would just read scripture as I was getting on, waiting for the flight, getting on the flight, and really remembering the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. He knows the number of my days. And that finally sunk in. And I don't use drugs anymore to fly. And I, I, I still feel a little grip of fear, but I just go back to those scriptures that remind me of who is in control and that he really is and that I really am like the apple of his eye. And... I don't have to fear being alone in my fear. Mm -hmm. So now I look back on it and I laugh at it and it's kind of a silly fear. But, but Brie, you and I talked last time on the podcast that you as a young mom of four children, you're facing some pretty daunting fears and your kids are being affected by them too. I mean, we think maybe kids are immune from all the COVID fear and all the stuff going on and, you know, people being angry about politics and just all the stuff, but... It's amazing how it seeps into their lives too, doesn't it? It really does. And I think it affects them far more than we'd like to admit. And oftentimes we don't even see it because we are so focused in on our fear. And so I think that's why we wanted to start this series with, with focusing in on our fear and getting our right thinking mm -hmm. on and getting in the Bible and getting in the word so that we can have the right focus. And we also kind of touched last week on understanding and exploring where our fear is coming from. Um, a fear of mine that other than the birds, <laughs> which I mentioned, <laughs> if last you missed time, that, you can catch that in the last podcast, a little bit irrational and silly. And, um, I'm doing much better. Thank you very much for, for your prayers. But if I'm honest, a, a big fear I tend to have is this battle of what others might think. And this is, kind of hard for me to sit here and admit this to you. Uh, a lot of people who grew up with me would actually be kind of surprised at that. Um, and it's been hard for me to grapple with because growing up, I wasn't someone who put a lot of weight into what others thought of me. I was very comfortable with my tie-dye shirts and polka dot leggings. <laughs> and I, I was a teenager who was pretty confident in my quirks and okay with who I was. I didn't struggle with that a lot. I was almost bold and carefree to a fault. <laughs> I was very opinionated and outspoken, and I still tend to be. So it wasn't until becoming a parent, and after a few key instances of um, other people vocalizing and being really open about analyzing my parenting, that this fear kind of started to creep up. And um, it started slow, and I, I think I even would vocalize and say, oh, I don't really care what they think. You know, I, I'm going to do, you know, what I know is best for my kids. But it did. It started to slowly take control and become that, that little voice in my head of um, if my kids were acting out or if my kids were behaving in a way that, you know, wasn't okay, socially acceptable, socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then um, I just heard that 
that little voice in my head. And I started to, um, I started to focus in on that and, and let that fear control how I parented. And I, I wish I could tell you that I've gone through it and God's brought me out of it <laughs> and I've arrived, but it's actually something I'm in the midst of right now and I'm still seeking his wisdom and guidance on. But that's what this podcast is all about. And I want to be transparent and I want to be honest about that because I think what we're finding is we really are gathering this awesome community of people who are seeking to create a home that heals and we haven't arrived. And to be honest, we probably never will. The goal, though, is to to trust and know that God's sovereignty and timing uh, of our homes becoming these safe havens rather than war zones or places where fears are expressed and the truth of God's strength and his supreme authority over our fears, that's the anecdote. Mm. That's where we can find peace. And that is where we can find healing. Um, so just to kind of be even more transparent, the trouble with this fear that started to creep in is that I, you know, I'd get angry or upset with how my kids were acting. And I'd think that it was their behavior or the situation, or, you know, maybe I just hadn't parented them well enough. I started to question those kinds of things. And that affected how I was handling the situation with them and how I was addressing the behavior. And I started to parent out of this state of fear rather than truly out of God's grace and understanding Mm. of how he wanted me to parent each child and each of my kids is so individual and different and wonderful um, that that I needed to focus more in on that and shut out what other people might think of how I was handling situations and what other people might think of the way my children were behaving. Which is hard to do when you're in a public place. Mm-hmm. Even... It I was mean, much easier at home. Parenting was going a lot better at home <laughs> It was out in public sometimes. Which you would almost think would be the opposite. It's interesting how some children, yeah, out in public really become very shy, very behaviorally perfect kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes they don't. That It just has the opposite effect. And you've learned a lot about your kids and their response to things, uh, that fight or flight whole idea that we're going to explore in in future podcasts quite a bit, but mm-hmm. but that's really been a part of your understanding your kids too, and and knowing really how to parent them in those moments when you're when you'd really like to just react. Yeah, well, I think that's you know simultaneously I was doing a lot of research and trying to understand some of the challenges that we are facing in our home, and I I was learning so much about my kids and. And God's wonderful design of how he created us, but also how when we go through hard things or we go through traumatic things, it does alter the way we think, the way we react, the way we behave. And that was um, something I was learning about my kids, which was so great. But in that, um, I also was learning that for kids uh, that are operating out of a fight or flight, it really is better to be addressing those behaviors when they're calm Mm -hmm. and when they're, when they're separated from that moment. 
And that is completely opposite of what my brain was telling me to do when I was at the grocery store with a child on the floor, screaming, kicking, (laughs) yelling, because in that moment, you want to show everybody I've got this under control. (laughs) I can tell my child to stand up and stop throwing a tantrum and they will magically do it. (laughs) And look at, I have this parenting thing down pat and I didn't, I didn't have it down pat. And so it, it was something that I just kept feeling like a failure Mm. and uh, feeling like I was on the world display of parenting fails. (laughs) So that, I mean, you're, we're kind of, again, we kind of are laughing about it, kind of like we laughed about my fear of flying. But when you're in that moment, you've gone to some pretty dark places with that. I mean, it's really been, I know as your mom, with some of the conversations we've had late at night, I mean, it's really been um, finding your identity in Christ in your parenting, mm-hmm. finding something that is more than just a checklist of things to do. It's really resting in in the fact that God knew these babies when he brought them to you, mm-hmm. and he knows, he know, knew how you were going to handle all of this, but he also has a plan. And we always like to say there's got to be a way. We say that all the time. There's got to be a way to get these kids <laughs> to not do that when we're at the grocery store. Yeah. But it isn't going to be instantaneous. And that's what our world expects. And that's what we kind of expect of ourselves. Well, and it was just a few voices. I think that's, mm. you know, I was, I was speaking to so many moms in the last few weeks. And I've realized I'm not alone. You know, (laughs) I'm not the only one that has had a child act that way out in public or that has, you know, had a child act that way at home. So I'm not alone. And that's what I hope this community can help bring together, you know, people that we can share these ideas in these situations and help one another and encourage each other. But also at the end of the day, even if I am alone, I have to ask myself that question, is my identity found in how others view me as a parent or even how my husband or my kids view me? Or is my identity completely rooted in Christ and in the truth of Scripture, even when I don't feel like it, you know, like my identity is found there? Am I going to the Word and am I listening to His truth of who I am and how to parent my children? And that... um you know, I love that that verse that reminds us that God calls us to train up a child, you know, day by day along the roadway. This isn't something that happens overnight. It takes patience. It takes time. And oftentimes when we're addressing behavior out of a state of fear, we want it to happen right then and there. I want to get your reaction to something. You and I are both reading a book that has really had an impact on us, and it's called... Um, from Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by David Tripp. And on page nine, um, I'm kind of condensing some of this, but he says, we cannot treat the Bible as a collection of therapeutic insights. To do so distorts its message and will not lead to lasting change. If a system could give us what we need, Jesus would never have come. He is our only hope. We need more than love and encouragement, information and insight. We need rescue. Mm-hmm. Anything less will not address what is really wrong with us. You are a researcher. You love to dig into this. And we're going to do that on this podcast. We're going to interview experts and we're going to look for those kinds of answers. They're important. Mm-hmm. It's important to have those. But I just, this from this book, I know we both underlined it in our books. We need rescue. Anything less will not address what is really wrong with us. 
What's your reaction to that? And how would you encourage someone along those lines? Well, I, I find that extremely encouraging and so true because there is, there's a lot of information out there and there is a lot, um, to try and swallow and try and, um, grapple with and, and try to figure out what will work for your family, that it can become overwhelming. There's so many therapies. There's so many different answers for your problem. Just Google it and you'll find a (laughs) hundred, but the truth is if we aren't looking at everything um, with that lens and with that understanding that we're all in need of a savior and we're all in need of rescuing and we're first and foremost needing Jesus, then um, none of it will work. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. And it, it's kind of hard to hear, but it, Especially it if might you're a control work. freak. Yeah, <laughs> might work for a little bit but it's all just going to fall away. So the hope and the encouragement and the truth for you all is, is right in there mm-hmm. that, that that's where we have to go first is to um, on our knees mm-hmm. <laughs> in our Bibles and to Christ. That's right. You know, you've, you've got something I'm going to ask you to talk about when we come back. Uh, I want to hear about, I know a song has really impacted you along these lines. So I'll give you a chance to look over those lyrics and I'm going to nail you on that here in just a minute. Before we wrap up this podcast, friends, I just want to bring you into our world a little bit. Whenever I'm in the car with my daughter, Bree, music's always playing, of course, KTSY, we blare it up. You know, (laughs) we're so glad that there are partners in this because music is just, you know, Mm. such a big part of our lives. And we were in the car the other day and you said, or you said, oh, mom, I think this should be our theme song. And I had heard the song, but you know how that is? Sometimes you just, I haven't had time to like really, really listen or look at the lyrics and so I did, and I, I kind of got it, but you and I haven't really had a chance to talk about it much. So tell me about the song, first of all, what it was, and why you, you thought maybe it should be our theme song. <laughs> well, I, I love, I, I think the first time I listened to it, I, I didn't really hear anything except for um, the line that says, I can feel you digging all my roots up. And we were in the midst of pulling lots of weeds. So oh, I was like, yeah. hey, I like this song. <laughs> I need to listen <laughs> to it more carefully. But I, I have the lyrics in front of me. It's called, look what you've done. But it, it, the, oh, the best part is the lies I believed. They got some roots that run deep. I let them take a hold of my life. I let them take control of my life. Standing in your presence, Lord, I can feel you digging all the roots up. I can feel you healing all my wounds up. All I can say is hallelujah. And this this did become my theme song this last year. We're going to talk a little bit more in a future podcast of that hard question of what if God doesn't change my circumstances? Is he still good? Is there still yeah. joy to be found? And there is. There is hope and there is joy. and um, But we're going to tackle the question because it's a very real question that I think a lot of us struggle with. I really found myself at the bottom last year about this time 
asking that question. And it's, it's been a long year of wading through that and feeling all the emotions mm-hmm. of um, anger, happiness, joy, and transformation and change. And he is digging up some roots <laughs> in my life and I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it so much. So I can't wait, even though it's a really hard question, I can't wait for us to to tackle it. I can't wait to to look ahead at also addressing our kids' fears, you know, and really um, some fun ways that we can make our homes filled with more laughter and joy so that we can't even remember the fears that we had in some ways. What are you so afraid of? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot to look forward to here on A Home That Heals. We hope you'll join us as we continue on the podcast scene. It's fun to be building our audience that way. We're also, you can find us at a homethatheals.com. We have a blog and we're on Instagram and Facebook and we'd love to have your ideas. We want to hear. want to hear those songs that are having a big impact on you. want to hear those ways that you're bringing more joy into your life and how you're tackling fear. So we'll see you again next time here on A Home That Heals. A Home That Heals is produced in partnership with 89.5 KTSY. To find out more about them, go to ktsy.org.